Welcome to Sports Cap Radio. We got a great show for you today. Again, we are continuing on with our NFL divisional previews. Today, that leads us to AFC North. And we do have two Yinzers on the pod. But if you're tired of Yinzers like the rest of us, don't worry, because I think it's a good counterbalance. Because for every Yinzer on the pod today, there is someone who hates the city of Pittsburgh. So I think we'll counterbalance that pretty well. Uh, But first, we're going to start this week with the news of the week. Brandon? Yeah. Yeah, by far the biggest news here in Midwest country is ESPN and the Big Ten getting a divorce. Uh, I don't know if you guys down in uh, SEC and ACC country saw this, but uh, for the first time in 40 years, ESPN won't broadcast a Big Ten football game um, so huge news, but for me, I found it so hilarious because like the big 10 just picked up USC and UCLA. So like, I kind of saw this, like a divorce and the big 10 rolling up to their class reunion in a convertible with a fake tan, one earring and UCLA in the passenger seat. Like, I don't give a shit about the ESPN leaving me. I got UCLA. So uh, just just interesting well, so big news. Who, who's, Media who's rights choice, are like whose choice was this on this breakup? Was it ESPN that wanted the divorce? Ah, so it was yeah. ESPN that filed the divorce. Yeah. So what's going on is they're bidding for uh, future Big Ten rights because their their rights are up, their TV rights. Right. And basically, the Big Ten was like, "Hey, we want you to pay us three hundred and eighty million dollars a year uh, every year of the contract, um, plus other stipulations." And ESPN was like, uh, "We don't want to pay that much." So, yeah, they're not going to be broadcast on ESPN's channels moving forward from that point. It's definitely an interesting time, especially with the the outreach with USC. I mean, that's going to expand the market of the Big Ten considerably. So, definitely, it's, it just seems like ESPN just continues to lose products. I mean, well, so they did pick up hockey this past season, right? Um, but generally... Great trade-off. But, but generally, rights, like TV rights, have been the most valuable commodity that there is, right? Um, especially for anyone that's running a cable network because it's sent, the only thing that you have to watch live is sports. Right. So any sports that you have, um, that I mean, that's why literally the past couple of weekends you've been seeing freaking the ACL uh, Cornhole, American Cornhole League on ESPN because they have to broadcast so many hours of live sports in order to appease their advertising contracts and technically they're using (laughs) cornhole as a live sport i mean jay cutler is a professional cornhole player so that's legit right that's legit. i mean espn is is so desperate they showed like excel tournaments like microsoft excel tournaments that's where fucking espn is drew you're so right that they're losing like programming that they're showing cornhole like ultimate tag and Microsoft Excel tournaments. I, like, I, I don't even know ESPN what that means with garbage. Excel tournaments. And and I prefer to just let that exist in my mind, just as I imagine it. I, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a more reasonable explanation for what that is, but I choose to just let, let my imagination run wild on that. It's like uh life and imitates art and we're getting ESPN the Ocho for real. <laughs> <laughs> My news of the week is definitely shout out to Hard Knocks last night. Um, in my opinion, Hard Knocks is back. And when they announced the Lions uh, were going to be up this year, last night's episode is exactly as I envisioned it. Dan, Mr. Man Campbell just stole the fucking show. He starts out with this long, drawn-out speech, talks about drowning someone to win games. He quotes Metallica. 
he he's one of these guys that he gives these long impassioned speeches and he's like always on the verge of crying. Have you ever had like a really, really intense friend that's just like it, it he gets so passionate that it always seems like he's on the verge of tears? He's such a fucking interesting guy. Aiden Hutchinson sang Michael Jackson in front of the entire team. And the episode literally ended with a Dan Campbell D's nuts joke. Like, it, I'm telling you, it was it was a masterpiece. Um, I've always been a huge Hard Knocks fan. I have thought it's been really lame the last two years, even though I've continued to watch it, just because, for me, football season does not even start until that Hard Knocks intro. But just listen to Dan Campbell talk. <laughs> He's such a fucking bro. Like, I, I, I don't know how this whole thing's going to go with Dan Campbell, but I'm extremely excited to see how it plays out. You know, you brought up something. You and I talked about this earlier at uh, at our fest- festivities. So for you, hard knocks, like that's when football season starts for you. And, it, and everyone's got like their different point, uh, like when the holiday season starts. Uh, for me, like if it doesn't start to our fantasy draft weekend, that's when like my season, my year starts. Guys, when, when does football start for you? Is it opening day? Is it hard knocks? Where, where are you guys at on that? I mean, it's it's the first preseason game for me. Like this Saturday, the Steelers are playing. Like I'm so excited to watch the first preseason game. Like you, and especially now this year that the Steelers have like an actual like QB battle. Like it's actually going to be worth watching. So um, I get excited for the draft. I get excited to watch the guys that get drafted. So I'm one of the lame guys. I don't bet on preseason. I'm not that much of a degenerate. Um, but I do, I do like uh, the preseason, like the Hall of Fame game kicking off. I shouldn't watch that. Yet Marcus and I are fucking texting about it all fucking night. Literally so. the entire game. QB yeah, battle. I, huh? I think. <laughs> I think. I think for me, it's it's like I view the NFL through the lens of like fantasy football. So like the fantasy football draft to me is like the start of football season. That's when it's real. That's when I have a team. Uh, you know, my own assembled guys of guys who don't actually know they're on my team, but you know, oh, they know. Should be super proud to be there. <laughs> they yeah, know. they subconsciously know they're on they my know. team. I send them text messages. I I I DM them. I, <laughs> I get really personal. I, I I try to find their phone numbers yeah, for the, sure. The, I love how Austin Eckler is so connected to his fantasy based team. Like his podcast, every week he talks about you should start me and and stuff like that. Dude, I love how into it Eckler gets. Th- does he ever say you shouldn't start me if he's definitely not out? I think he broke like his own injury news one time. It was like, hey, like I'm not playing this week. I'm taking one more week off. Well, um, like on like a Wednesday or Thursday. I mean, if, if you want good content, you know, breaking Austin Eckler injury news is good content because it always it's always happening. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, what's your news? Uh, so mine is is just Chris Sale continues to be the, the least lucky athlete uh, in any of the major sports. Um, he's, he's dealt with Tommy John. He's been sick a couple of times. He caught, you know, COVID, I think twice, um, took a line drive off the hand and did rehab start. So finally gets back. Thinks, uh, you know, everything's back right in the world. Makes a really, has a really good start. Throws five really good innings uh, and then falls off his bike and breaks his wrist and, and needs surgery. So he's out again. Uh, he's made 14 starts since the Red Sox gave him $145 million and he hasn't started double digit starts in three years. So continues to be super unlucky, and it's even worse for the Red Sox. who gave him a shit ton of money, and uh, he's averaging like $10 million to start right now. I mean, maybe he was sitting there just about ready to make his Red Sox debut, and he saw a bat in the corner. He's like, man, fucking, you know, I haven't checked out Breaking Bad yet. And takes yeah. bat. <laughs> Look, I heard better call Saul's getting good. I mean... <laughs> That's no, but whole, seriously, like we're he's, he's getting, we're getting ready for the new Game of Thrones. He's like, I need some time off. 
<laughs> we, we, you know, we're obviously in the content game, but like some of the some of the gifts and memes for this was fantastic. Like, uh, like the Biden, like put what Chris Sale put on him, like the Peter Griffin oh, falling yeah. down. Like there was just so many like awesome content given out of this injury. Like obviously you never wish injuries on anyone, but that was like content gold. So Speak poor Chris yourself. Sale, hilarious for all of us. I've, yeah. I've wished injuries on numerous Ravens players over the years. <laughs> oh, well, gosh. they're not humans, so. They're they're sub, they're lower than humans. So some news that me and Marcus actually went to uh, Bucks camp this morning and uh, insider again, information this, over this, here. This is insider information from two of the best, maybe the some of the best Bucks fans in Tampa. And ironically, neither of us are Bucks fans, but that doesn't really matter. To, to be a Bucks fan, you don't actually have to like the team. Uh, we actually like two different teams, and we're probably the best fans in all of Tampa. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah, definitely. But today, so much, so much was going on. Kind of got, uh, kind of got my uh, training camp fight wish. A little bit of scrappiness. But how about finally we got a little bit of weather, man? Nice weather today, dude. It was actually gorgeous out there. Uh, if, if there was ever a good day to go to camp, although I guess reportedly a couple people did still pass out. Cause it's fucking still humid as hell. But yeah, multiple players left with like cramps and stuff like that. So. A couple different observations from this camp. First of all, so it's a joint joint practice with with uh, the Dolphins, who have been an extremely controversial team over this last offseason. Uh, Tua is a tiny, tiny, tiny little man uh, to the point where I don't know why it hasn't been talked about more. I know he looks like he's getting dwarfed because so many football players are tall, but I'm telling you, I was looking at Tua, especially next. Remember when he was standing next? He was standing standing next to Teddy Bridgewater, who was listed at six two. He is three, maybe four inches shorter than Teddy Bridgewater. Um, Tua is a tiny man, and he has the uh, he 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 carries himself like an eighth grader, like kind of like slump shoulders, like uh, everything. And maybe it's just a self fulfilling prophecy because I've decided a long time ago that I hate Tua for no reason. By the way, I I acknowledge that it's for no reason, but. Today did not do him, him any justice. I hate Tua even more. Come on, he's the most accurate quarterback Tyreek's ever played with, bro. <laughs> what, what was actually funnier about that when we were pointing out Tua, uh, I was like, oh, look, there's Co- uh, Coach Mike McDaniel. And fucking Drew started laughing. He goes, holy shit, he's short. He's tiny, too. And, yeah, uh, he is small. Who else did we see today from the NFL Network? The little Italian guy. Oh, Anthony Siciliano from the Red Zone, from the Red Zone Network. Holy shit, that guy's like 5'6". <laughs> uh, I think he's shorter than that. I, I've, seen, I've seen pictures of him. I think he's like 5'4". Like, Dude, he's a little he, dude. Like, when I say walk by us, he walked by us within like inches. Like we, I, we, we towered over this guy. And he, we, he has know, a big voice though. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I, I, I fucking love him, but yeah, I went red zone. Yeah. I'm sure he loves hearing that. Um, <laughs> but a couple other observations, dude, Lenny is back. Uh, the fat Lenny that, that, that is a, that is a fucking myth. Fat Lenny is gone. Uh, this Lenny looks great for fantasy purposes. He is getting drafted exactly where he needs to be. He looks fucking phenomenal. Yeah, missing Ryan Jensen is going to be tough because we we were watching all the – we know they're going to struggle a little bit at the guard position, but at least they were solid at the center in both tackles. But the backups were just getting bullied by everybody. So that's a a bad point for me on Lenny. But my favorite, man, we were bringing it up like – Julio, holy fucking Julio! Julio looks fucking awesome. Like my my, my knee jerk reaction is he's going to be an all pro, like a resurgence type of year that uh, Moss had with Brady. I don't think he's going to have that great of a year. I'm not that bullish on him yet. I still think he's just lost so much. But uh, he made this circus catch uh, like towards the sideline that was just phenomenal. Um, he wasn't he being covered by Xavier Howard or something he, too. He's he's a big body 
who is going to serve the Bucks really well with Godwin playing the slot and Evans on the other side, and then they're just myriad of other slot receivers that they, they can move in and out. Like th- this offense is going to be fucking good, except for what Marcus said, which is that in the interior of the line just looks absolutely horrible. Um, and then to, to cap off our observations from camp, Kyle Trask is a fucking bust. Uh, we've been saying this. We've been saying this on the podcast for since before he was drafted. Yeah, I mean, we we, we pretty much destroyed the pick it was, the second it was made. Uh, I can tell you, I've seen the guy throw firsthand. Now he fucking sucks. Yeah, Ryan Griffin made him look bad. Yep, and you know he, he has moments, but he's a third string quarterback. Yep. Ryan, Ryan Griffin has more millions of dollars than he has um, snaps or uh, passes completed in the NFL. I hope that's, that's not peak the case life, now. man. That's peak <laughs> life. If you can pull that off, I mean, I'm not even. You can't even get mad. It's just impressive. <laughs> All right, let's move to a topic that I'm sure is going to piss some people off on this podcast. Uh, we've already exhausted this, but we're we're gonna we're gonna start off our AFC North division preview with the Browns. Um, we're gonna go ahead and put their win total at eight and a half. Uh, there are still two books currently that have win projections out, which is actually kind of shocking. Because uh, the news this week is that Roger Goodell basically came out and basically made a statement that he thinks that Deshaun Watson should serve the entire year. So that basically is a statement that they're going to appeal what was you know the decision that was made by the court that determined the six the six week suspension. So that's fucking really really interesting. I, I mean, yeah, the, obvious. Like when the when the ruling came down there it seemed pretty obvious that that the NFL was going to appeal right um the thing is with the appeal in all honesty if you're Deshaun Watson you're like oh man six games that's like $333,000 whatever uh potentially their schedule is actually really soft at the beginning of the year so there's a lot of people that think that with even missing Deshaun Watson, they can go four and two uh, their first six games. I don't necessarily buy that, but regardless, that's what people are saying. So, I mean, if you're Deshaun Watson, that's a huge win, right? Um, the fact that the NFL is potentially going to suspend him, I mean, they have the, the ability to do so. Right. They, they actually don't even need to go to another judge, but uh, Goodell is bringing in another judge so that he probably told Looks the judge, it's a, it's a, hey, it's to look good. It's an hey, appearance thing. Yeah, exactly. Hey, make sure that he gets the full season kind but, of thing. Right. But, but the more important thing, it wasn't just how like Goodell said that he was going to appeal it because he wants it. He called him a predator. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, huge. That yeah. is, dude, that, I saw that. That is fucking... This, this situation is just... I know we've covered it a lot. It's it is it is getting wild. But but so here's the thing: if you think about it this way, um, so if they could have the ruling come down, rule him out for you know the the rest of the the full season, and then the NFLPA doing its job right to protect the player can file an injunction. Okay, um, once they file that injunction, essentially that means that Deshaun Watson is not suspended. This could actually work out against Deshaun Watson, right? So he winds up playing all, all year this year, right? I don't, I don't necessarily think that the Browns are a Super Bowl contender this year, even with Deshaun Watson. Um, but they, I mean, they could be. But he winds up playing this whole year, and then the suspension gets pushed out to another year, uh, and then he winds up actually losing some real money in, in the future. I mean, it, it, in all honesty, it, it might not play out be, uh, well for Deshaun Watson, even if he doesn't get suspended this year. Good. <laughs> I mean, I, you look at the way the contract is built. I think I think the Browns expected it to be a year. They're going to go and take their lumps this year, and then they're going to roll into 2023 as a Super Bowl contender. Because Newman, I do think, like, reviewing their roster, oh, I, 
it's a top five roster in the league, sand quarterback position. I don't think that there's much of debate for that. I mean, it's it's a really, really good roster. Um, and then you add a top five quarterback to it. Um, but I mean, I think the writing was on the wall when the contract was made. They they never thought they were going to get uh, this season. Um, they end up getting this season and then Roger Goodell's doing what he's doing. So um, I, I personally, I don't think he's going to play a game this year. I don't think he should play a game this year. Um, and, you know, it's actually a really big year for Cleveland because you have a couple other players. I mean, you lose a year on this contract. So absolutely. So Miles Garrett, you know, he's going to have two years left on his deal. You know, he might want to get more than 20 million with the way that the DNs are going. Nick Chubb, Denzel he, Ward, all these guys, you're, you're losing a very valuable year as far as having Deshaun Watson R- on rookie contract. contracts yeah. on a lot of the yeah. defensive players and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about what's changed with this team. Newman, do you have any, do you have the, yeah. Coming? So, I mean, they lose, uh, Jarvis Landry, JC Treader, uh, which is, you know, graded out as one of the top 10 centers in the league. Baker, obviously, uh, our, uh, your boy, uh, Brandon Hooper, uh, Richard Higgins and MJ Stewart. Um, they do add obviously Deshaun Watson. We'll see how much he plays. Jacoby Brissett, Amari Cooper, Chase Vinovich, uh, Taven Bryan, David Bell, third draft pick out of Purdue, uh, and Jerome Ford, also a draft pick out of Cincinnati as a running back. <laughs> Brandon's boy. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I just, I just put the chat. I was like, Austin Hooper is my boy. Yeah, I mean, okay. you, you, you've been pumping him. So, well, let's, let's see. Also, the other really, really big thing is this news with Cream Hunt. So, like, you know, he's he's a great back that gives him flexibility, but he also he can take some carries off of um, Nick Chubb. Keeps keeps mm-hmm. him fresher longer. If if he doesn't end end up playing in Cleveland this year, it's massive for the them. Hunt holdout. Is is really confusing. We, we we talked about it, but I mean, it's it's a weird time. Like, if he wanted out, why wasn't he? requesting it back in February or, you know, a couple weeks after this season was over. Like, why suddenly now? It, 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 I, I respect players' decisions to hold out, especially when they're worth more than their contract is. But why right now? It maybe, doesn't make maybe sense. Maybe he thinks that there's a leverage point with the Deshaun Watson thing. That would be the only thing that I could come up with. Yeah, well, I guess. I or guess. maybe he got to Also, connect, people he, just get in people's ears, maybe, right? Like, yeah, we, we maybe don't know he, what his camp's like. Like, I mean, from what I read, it's, it's it. not a, it's not about the existing contract and it's not money. He He's mad that there hasn't been an extension yet. He wants more yeah. years. He doesn't right. he, he wants to, he wants some kind of guarantee that he's going to be sticking around. Right. So he walked into um, training it, camp and he was like, man, this shit's fucking hard. I don't want to just do this for free and, and potentially get hurt or something like that. I want to get I want to get an extension. I yeah, mean, that, that might be that might be where it comes from. It's not he, I, I don't even think his evaluation from like what he signed at is much different. He just wants more. Stability. Yeah. Who was like how the Browns told him to shut the fuck up? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like, it's no, a wild move. They're like, no, we're not, we're not going to trade you. Not going to trade you. <laughs> it's a wild move. I mean, because honestly, running backs on the trade market, like, I don't blame the Browns. Run, he, he's in the last year of his contract. Running backs on the trade market, I mean, you, they're not worth a lot. He's, they're not going to get gonna a swap first, six round picks for somebody with yeah, somebody. Exactly. Like, you're not gonna get anything they're they're not going to get anything for him. And, and quite frankly, I mean, if, if uh, Watson isn't playing, like, this team went eight and nine last year with Baker Mayfield. Like, if Watson isn't playing, like, so Vegas has him as eight and a half wins. I mean, I, I, I even with the the confusion about what's going on, I've been really vocal about my concerns with Watson. I'm taking the under on this. Like, yeah. he, no, no matter what. Like, even if they told me that Watson was definitely going to come back week seven, I'm 100% taking the under on Yeah, I, I'm also on the under. I have him at seven wins. Um, that's mostly assuming that Watson's not going to be there because I do think that uh, – you know, he'll wind up getting suspended, whatever, um, whether it's six games or more. 
But I, I have some questions about this. You said that it's you know top five roster, Brandon. I, I have some questions. I think their wide receivers are incredibly weak outside Terrible. outside of Amari Cooper. I mean, these are you know Donovan Peoples Jones has done basically fucking nothing. You've got a rookie in David Bell who I think could be a good you know Jarvis Landry replacement eventually, but as a rookie, probably not. Plus, he's hurt and he's missing a lot of camp time and valuable reps there. In general, I don't like their wide receiving court. Um, I mean, Njoku is a wide receiver. I mean, he's just right. He's right up there with Gasecki as I mean, he's. Is, is, he listed as, is, he, is he listed as a wide receiver, Brandon? Okay, so um, yeah, I also think that their offensive line is worse. You lose J.C. Treader, that's a huge loss in my opinion, um, especially in the middle, uh, and th- and that's a huge factor. Uh, and then obviously quarterback, you know, if it's Jacoby Brissett, this that's a that's a step down from Baker for sure. Um, I do think this that's defense upstairs down. Yeah, I, I do think this defense is solid to good, but I think that their schedule is kind. You know, it, it, it's okay, um, but. I mean, Go yeah. ahead, bring up Sharp. We're all waiting. Well, so We're going to do War- it anyway. Warren Sharp actually has them as the eighth easiest schedule. <laughs> um, but like I said, they have the the first six games who people are like, oh, you know, the Browns could easily go four and two. I mean, look at that schedule. I don't necessarily buy that they're going four and two with that schedule well, right off the I, Is right anybody the taking the over on this? Let's just assume, wait, and, and, and we won't hold it against you. If Deshaun Watson is suspended the whole year, if you're taking the over on that, we won't hold it against you at the end of the year. Well, maybe we will. I'm, I'm just going to keep this one simple. They're, the Browns are going to make the world right again. They're going to be back in the cellar, and the Texans are going to have two top five picks to start their rebuild, and we're all going to laugh at Cleveland. <laughs> I have yeah, them at I'm, six wins. Uh, I, I have them at six. I don't have them. I don't think that gets you a top five. It's definitely top ten. It gets you top five. But regardless, I mean, the Texans, you know, again, somehow they get a positive out of this. I don't know how, but they do. Derek, what do you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on the under. Um, I, I think that Watson probably does miss some time this year, even if he suspends. Uh, that, you know, he can always drop his suspension and just try to serve out whatever term there is. Um, for me, it's just there's so many distractions around this team. And the quarterback that we know is going to be under center probably week one, you assume it's Brissett, is, is, again, a huge step down from Baker Mayfield. And I don't trust Stefanski to hold this thing together is the, is the problem for me. I think there's so many distractions, so many issues uh, surrounding this team. And I just, I mean, these these guys have wives, too. They start against Baker at, Mayfield. How, how are we they're not gonna, They're going to catch I mean, shit about it at home. There's going to be distractions in the locker room. There's going to be guys who play with Sean who's, whose wives openly hate him at home. Like, this is a, it's a shit show, dude. Baker Mayfield is beating the Browns week one. Yeah. Like, absolutely, they are beating the Browns. I can't, I can't bring wait out for that, that post-game OU flag and plant it in the center of the field. Dude, it's, it's, it's got to be rough for the Browns PR team. Like, you're dealing with this whole Deshaun Watson thing, and then all of a sudden Hunt's back in the news. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, the, our, our, our serial predator is is a huge problem. Oh, the guy that kicks women also is back in the news. Motherfucker, man. So that's a great one-two combo they have in Cleveland. I, I hope they're getting paid well, the, the, the Browns PR team, and then, of course, the Hardy Har, uh, the, the well, Mustang. I mean, the massage, uh, uh, the, the world massage yeah. meeting or something like that is happening like a couple blocks away. I don't even know if that's fake or not. It seems like some dumb thing someone made up. But but also the the response that they had when Deshaun Watson's you know punishment punishment came out and they're they're using words like triggered, which is not something that has been in the you know the American vocabula- vocabulary for more than what the last five years it's like we're using this like term I as hate it, that word it, as a as a response to something like this that is i mean the, the, and the whole 
like you gave their PR team credit. I don't know. They did a shitty job with that one. I did not give them credit. I said I said it must be a tough job. Oh, absolutely. So <laughs> l- let's move on to fantasy because honestly, the topping their fantasy board is probably the most interesting guy in this draft uh, because if you actually look at when he plays, he is every bit as devastating. Uh, he actually has some st- statistics that make me think that at times he can be better than Derrick Henry, which is Chubb. Who's just honestly when he's when he's healthy, he's a fucking monster. Um, he's at sixteen ADP currently. He's a running back fourteen. What do you guys think? Think of Chubb's Chubb's value this year? You can't you can't sniff. You can't touch him that high. So what also helped with them is you know Baker love him or hate him. He was still able to move around the pocket, stretch the field, keep defenses honest. If if Jacoby Brissett's in there, they're going to have ten in the box and they're not going to be able to do anything. And and he's dependent on having some space. Great running back, but way too rich for my blood. Yeah, it's, I mean that's too that's too rich. Like I think even with Deshaun Watson, that's too rich with Baker Mayfield. Especially when you got the uh, with got you know you got quality with Hunt behind that. Like with with this situation, I would have thought that would have been fifty percent higher both on the ADP and the running backs. Like I, that's that's that ADP and. Uh, position rank is wild wild yeah i mean i don't know how i feel about this one i i, I think running back 14 just from a touchdown standpoint like somebody has to score that the offense is going to score uh I, I like him down around the goal the, the goal line he is a good pass catcher you know talk about check downs from from Brissett and the potential upside and value if hunt decides to do something stupid and hold out or if he if there's some kind of issues with Hunt, he falls out of favor in the game plan because of how he's acting off the field around contracts. I think there's a, some potential upside there. Um, I, I really like him running back 14, actually. I actually do, too. And I, whenever I'm viewing, like, is this guy overrated? Is he underrated? I, I always look at who he's around on the draft board. He's around guys like Michael Pittman, T. Higgins. You know, on the running back board, Javante Williams. Um, Alvin Kamara, like I, I honestly, I, I think Chubb's ridiculous. And, and with a lot of these guys, you know, you're gambling on injury. Um, a lot of guys are super high on Christian McCaffrey and Chubb's been more healthy than him the last two years. Yeah, I think, I think he'll have pretty good volume. I just worry about his efficiency going down. Um, and also, you know, you, you also have the factor of Kareem Hunt potentially eating into carries. Um, and, and in general with a worse quarterback, that means that your offense is probably not on the field quite as much. God, but um, efficiency, he's never been more efficient in his career than last season. 5.5 yards of carry. He's a five. This is his fifth year. He has 5.3 yards of carry. I mean, these are like, obviously not the total yards, but these are Adrian Peterson-like outputs. Yeah, but if, if you're game planning against a Jacoby Brissett quarterback team, aren't you going to stack the box a little bit more knowing that? So I, that's why I'm saying. the box was stacked last year. I mean, Baker Mayfield with the shoulder issues, he really wasn't that efficient of a passer. I don't know. I just I, I think that they do st- that they do wind up. It, it does hurt his efficiency. Also, as I mentioned, um, I think that some of the volume is re- reduced by the fact that Jacoby Brissett's not going to pick up some of the first downs sure. that you know Baker was picking up and extending drives with him. Right. So I mean, that's just less carries that you're going to get overall. And yeah, so I, I mean, I I would prefer Chubb. You know, in the third round, if I could get him um, back into the second is probably appropriate but i don't know that i'm gonna be looking to take him right there right and then the only other guy we really need to talk about on this team uh besides of course kareem hunt uh amari cooper uh 57 adp wide receiver 24 i fucking hate amari cooper this year i hate him every year um i think wherever he's rated i i just i don't understand the hype around amari cooper if you look at his stats he's one of these thousand if you love mike evans 
I'll bet you also love Amari Cooper because he does. He hits that 1,000-yard landmark, but his receptions are down just like Mike Evans, um, and he's not even a touchdown uh, output guy like Mike Evans. So I, as, as, as much, much as I've been down on Amari Cooper, I'm even more down on him this year. Yeah, I mean, the, the quarterback obviously is a huge question mark with him, and I think that that has to play a factor. I don't know why he's as high as he is. I wouldn't touch him at that spot. Right. Um, I expect him to regress, you know, both in efficiency and uh, volume because da- let's, let's be real, Dallas likes to throw the ball a lot, um, and that is not what the Browns want to do on offense. Yeah, but I mean, Jacoby also tends to lock in on a couple guys, and if I'm betting who it is in this in this locker room, it's going to be Amari Cooper. Yeah, he hasn't. He's one of those no guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, and 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 I I don't like him either. I think his skill set's completely overrated. I think him as a football player is completely overrated. But I don't really care how you get to a thousand yards if you get to a thousand yards from a fantasy output standpoint. And he's on the fringe of being a starting wide receiver. Um, you know, if you have him on your team, he's going to be your wide receiver too. Maybe your flex. So Mark Cooper's my flex. I'm happy. Who's, who's he really going happy. around in, in other wide receivers, Drew? Do you have that? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, currently, he is. What did I say? He's at fi- so 50, you're looking yeah. at like Jerry Judy. These are the guys. I like right Jerry after Judy him. better. Jerry Judy, Darnell Mooney, uh, Rashad like Bateman, Chris Godwin. Um, yeah. So it's it's. It, I think it's. I mean, if Deshaun Watson's coming back week seven, listen. If it's the Deshaun Watson of old, Amari Cooper is going to eat. Uh, but I just, it, you know, with it with him being the really only good wide receiver there. But I just. Uh, but but Cooper off always has uh, injury questions too, right? right? He he's another guy. You say this about Mike Evans with a hammy, right? He Cooper seems to f- find a way to get hurt and miss some time almost every year, right? Sure. All right, boys, let's move on to the Ravens. Uh, Ravens this year are projected at nine and a half wins. Um, This is a really bizarre offseason situation. Uh, Lamar Jackson still has no contract with all these, you know, different quarterbacks getting paid. You know, Lamar does not get paid. Their kicker just signed the largest deal in in NFL history for kicker. Tyler just got paid. (laughs) Tyler got a contract before Lamar. I love it. It's crazy. Um, But Lamar Jackson doesn't get his contract like if you're Lamar Jackson you cannot be happy with your agent right now right (laughs) (laughs) so Kyler's age or Lamar's agent is Lamar Jackson so he has something to take up with himself if he wants to I don't think he's going to beat himself up over it probably because he's not beating himself up but um yeah I mean I mean it's certainly concerning Uh, I I've said this for a while. I think that the Ravens would be smart to just continue to ride this out. Um, You can franchise tag him once or twice and, and still, you know, get some of those super productive years that he's going to have and then just choose to move on. You can draft his replacement at some point if you wanted to. So from a Ravens perspective, this is a smart financial decision and smart decision in general. Um, From Lamar's perspective, I could understand wanting to get paid. And at some point you got to, you would think that a holdout has got to be coming, right? Um, I don't know when. I'm not. I don't, I don't know think. He, I, I don't know if Lamar Jackson's a holdout guy. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's certainly possible. But you're you're looking at probably, uh, you know, obviously fifth year option and then two franchise tag years. So that's a that's a lot of money for Lamar, but it's not long-term security, which is what every quarterback is looking for, and that's why they're signing these big, massive ex- extensions. Right. Well, especially like mobile quarterbacks, it, all it takes is one hit to like change their entire game, mm-hmm. and, and we've seen it. Like RG3 gets hurt, and then he's just never the same again. 
Yeah. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be a rough year for the Ravens. That they not like super rough because they do have a lot of guys coming back from injury. It's unprecedented what happened to them last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Um, but I still have big question marks on Marcus Peters. Like, you know, it's not an easy position to to play a DB coming off of an ACL. Uh, there's a lot of question marks. The, the The line on both ends is in between. Like they have some players, uh, but I'm I'm gonna definitely heavily lean under on Ravens. I still hate the receivers. Uh, they, they need a lot to go right to uh, eclipse that over. Yeah. So I mean, they lose Sammy Watkins, who didn't play a ton for them last year, but when he did, he was fairly productive. Devontae Freeman and Latavius Murray both played a lot because they had so many injuries to their running back core, and they lose uh, Derek's buddy Andre Villan. Nueva, um, but they, they upgrade. They, That's an upgrade. Yeah, an, yeah an probably. probably. Uh, they add Marcus Williams from the Saints, who's been you know an All Pro caliber safety. Morgan Moses, who, who had a really good season with the Jets, and is that's your upgrade right there for him. Him and Villanueva. Um, they bring in Michael Pierce to play some defensive tackle. Kyle Fuller uh, adding to the corner depth. They draft Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum, um, which everyone was giving him kudos on. They also draft David Ojabo, but he's not going to play this year. Um, in general, I think this offensive line should be improved. Their wide receiver core is still weak, but this defense should continue to be solid. And ultimately, I think that this team rides on the fact of whether or not they they can keep most of their core players healthy um, because that that was really the thing that bit them the most last year. Well, I, here's my question I'll pose to you guys. What what do you think the, the chances or odds are that, um, you know, with all these contract stalls going on with Lamar, it changes his play style? Maybe he doesn't take off a couple of times. Maybe he'll slide a little bit more. Maybe he'll throw the ball away a little bit earlier. Like, that could definitely have a massive impact on how I mean, You he, don't how really know when Lamar's throwing the ball away or if he's actually trying to throw so, it. I, I don't think that that's going to happen because if you watch this guy play, and, you know, a lot of us have been doing that since he was in, in college, he goes out there and he is an absolute gamer. Um, so I, I don't think that he'll have that going through his mind, at least it, in the game. Um, you know, maybe at halftime he's like, maybe I should whatever. But at some point it's – I don't think it's going to creep up when he's – Run, you know what I mean? When he's in the pocket and he's bearing down on a rush, he's probably not going to just be like, oh, you know what? Maybe I should just, you know, throw this ball away and not take a hit. No, he's going to try to be Lamar because that's what he is. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. This is the worst combination of running backs and wide receivers in the entire league. Um, I do really respect John Harbaugh. Um, so I, I'm going to give them. Nine and eight, I am going to go slightly under. I'm not as down on them as Marcus is, um, but I do think they, again, they kind of toggle that eight, nine, nine and eight just because in modern day, you know, I think we're going to cover this with another AFC North team. You need skill and J.K. Dobbins, Devin Duvernay. I mean, Rashad Bateman, I think, had a little bit of a disappointing rookie season. I mean, Andrews is a stud, but. I mean, this, there just isn't a lot of talented playmakers outside the quarterback and tight end, and you need that. You need to score points. And I have a hard time looking at their schedule, finding you know who they're gonna who they're gonna outscore. Um, and uh, and I think Marcus hit on a lot of the kind of the concerns on on the defensive end. Um, again, I'm giving them nine and eight, but that's mostly just the Harbaugh factor. Um, this team very well could go seven and ten again. So 11th easiest schedule per Warren Sharp. Uh, their extra game is the Giants, which I think is extremely winnable. Um, Vegas p- currently projects them as favorites in uh, 10 of their games with three of them no- having no line. That's both the Cleveland games and the Patriots game. Um, 
I, I mean, I think that obviously, you know, if if there's no Deshaun Watson, I think that they they beat both the beat Cleveland both times. Um, I think that's pretty easy. They, they went eight and nine last year, despite all the injuries that they had. I think this is a safe over. I think it's an easy over. In fact, this this is this is my uh, pick for winner of the division. Um, th- th- this team gets fucking half their roster back straight up. It's 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 not in their running back room. If J.K. Dobbins, first of all, J.K. Dobbins tweeted it out. He's been working out with Jesus in the offseason. Uh, he is going to be ready to roll because we you've seen Jesus. He's cut as fuck. He's probably the best trainer in the game right now. J.K. Dobbins. Jesus is his homeboy. He says, you don't know what me and Jesus have been doing. That's, that's what he tweeted out. And that's true. The best, one of the best uh, retweets ever was, are you fucking training with Jesus? Like, what, what does this even mean? Um, <laughs> Gus Edwards, by the way, ex- insanely good uh, backup running back. A lot of people were ex- extremely comfortable with him rolling into fantasy last year until Gus Edwards also got fucking hurt. And by the way, their third... String running back is the starter for Atlanta last year, Mike Davis. Uh, I don't agree that their running back room is that bad, and it's certainly better than the, last year. They also have Tyler Beatty, who was a really good player at Missouri, and and uh, he can provide some some spark there too. Yeah, the, the Ravens, to me, they're getting back to the roots. They're building their O-line back. Uh, they, they, they're like, Marquise Brown, don't need him. Chuck him for a first-round pick. Classic Ravens. Get, get, Be- get Beautiful move. Get a better first-round pick than they took him with after three Ra- years of production. Rashad, Rashad Bateman is is like the classic Anquan Bolden mold of, of just kind of scrappy possession receiver. Um, I love what they're doing. They're getting right back to the roots. They're focusing on their defense again. I think their defense is going to be ridiculous. Kyle Hamilton looks terrible in camp, by the way. Uh, but he won't, matter. he won't even be the projected starter. But yeah. by the way, Kyle Hamilton's probably gonna be an all pro because that's what the Ravens do. Kyle Hamilton might fail on 30 teams and be the best safety of the generation. Lamar the Cliff is coming, and it, it 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 it's coming very soon. I don't know if it comes this season, but you can't win with a running back at quarterback. You've been saying uh, that for a, years, and they've continued to win. Um, by I, by the way, uh, their offensive coordinator did make a statement that he said, and this is you know, it's take it or leave it. Of course, of course, you can always leave this. But uh, he says that Lamar Jack- Lamar Jackson looks jacked. Like he's apparently spinning the ball, throwing the ball like as fast he, as he worked with a quarterback yep. coach in the offseason. Yeah. Yep. So I'm I'm, I'm well, just saying I, 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 I think we're I think we're gonna see an absolute studly Lamar Jackson this year. I think the Ravens are gonna win thirteen plus games. So, I think they're that good. So I, I also want to make one more point. Um, you know, we've we've talked about their wide receiver core being kind of weak and stuff. This is a team that absolutely will will just take a veteran some at some point during the middle of the season. Like OBJ comes back off injury. Hey, the Ravens are happy to have you, OBJ. Do you want to ride this train and potentially go to a Super Bowl? I'm sure he'd be willing, you know? So I mean, th- there's a lot of factors out there. There's some other guy wide receivers that could be pickups. Um, we'll see what happens, you know, with the camp cuts and all this other stuff. Um, but generally I the the Ravens uh, get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to a lot of things um, outside of health and wide receivers. So. The, right, the Ravens have never needed a wide receiver. They've never had a Pro yeah. Bowl wide receiver in their entire franchise history. Yeah. They don't need them. Yeah. <laughs> um, do we want to talk about some fantasy with the Ravens? So we, we, we've been teasing Lamar here. Uh, interestingly, I found him. So tell me if these are the same numbers you're looking at. But last year, he was quarterback four and 50 overall, and I found him at quarterback four, 50 overall again yep. this year. So they didn't even move him. 
Yeah, I mean, Lamar is, he's perfectly rated because he's going to be better than last season. Um, obviously, he struggled, he struggled with injuries last year, and he didn't have an offensive line. He didn't have a single guy to throw to, and he was playing with fucking training camp guys at running back. And the defense wasn't great, and he still willed them to victory most of the time. Yeah, they they, 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 they re-strengthened the interior of their line. Um, I'm telling you, I really do think it's going to be more of a, of a callback to the Lamar MVP season. That being said, you know my my uh, my philosophy on quarterbacks there's no way I'm reaching on Lamar and I think even 50 might be a little bit of a stretch for my for my taste yeah uh, the, only, the only person I'm touching is Dobbins and that's only because I have him a keeper at you know 13th in that one um but at what 54 I think that's his uh yeah I have him RB 25 uh, 24 55 overall 54 sounds right I, I I think that's too low he he still should be a you know right in that late second early third uh, running back because the production's going to be there, um, and obviously having Lamar being able to run, or even Tyler Huntley, like the the, the way that the offense is schemed, you're, you, it should be another thousand plus, you know, seven plus touchdowns. Yeah, uh, Gus Edwards is is also potential interesting handcuff there, running back fifty four, hundred fifty two overall. So you're getting him, you know, later, but I think that's worth the flyer uh, if you're built doing like a RB zero build, or if you are um, just wanting to take some some lottery tickets later once you've got your team established. Whoever has is running the ball for the Baltimore is, is going to be worth picking up in fantasy. We've seen it every year. Last year it was it was Freeman, the hot it was Murray, the hot guy. And yeah. they, they were just picking up guys and then dropping them the next week. They yeah. pick up a guy, they they put up like 27 fantasy points and then they like drop them. I, I actually, they were literally treating it like fantasy. It was like awesome. literally like fantasy football. They were they were just playing, all right, how's this guy match up in the Okay, we're going to go him. It was it was crazy. The only guy I would t- I, again, I think all of these guys are are all too high. I don't think Bateman's top 100 player. Um, I don't think Lamar puts up a top QB five. Um, Dobbins has literally never done it in the NFL um, yet. And he, he's probably been at Ohio state. He didn't wow me watch a lot of big 10 football. Um, they always joke that every Micah Parsons highlight is just him crushing Dobbins. Um, he got crushed by a lot of people not named Dobbins either. Um, Andrews is the only guy I like. I mean, he's he's an absolute stud. And again, they're going to have to get yards somewhere. Uh, and and Lamarck, um, you know, can make those five to seven yard seam route throws. He is capable of doing that. Um, and, and and that's about it. So I'd take I'd take uh, Andrews around that. You know, end of second, start of the third. He, he's um, tight end. There is. He's tight end to 19 overall, so you're having to take him middle of the second most of the time. Yeah, or back end of the second uh, in 10 team leagues. You know, my, yeah, my I don't like that there because I don't I just don't see any upside. Yeah, like, the, I, I think that's about I what agree. he does. I don't think there's there's any value to be had there. Totally, agree. Um, not value, that, but you're right. He's like, I mean, you're getting you're getting what you want to get right at that spot. Yeah, you're Mar- getting Mar- there at the turn. But I just I think lineup construction wise, I don't I don't know that I like that. Uh, for me, I, I don't if he, if he, if I'm picking number 19 overall and he's on the board. I'm passing on him, Derek. Um, all, all these new like fantasy styles that everyone's coming up with it makes me feel like I'm playing League of Legends again. RB zero build, <laughs> QB zero build, tight end two tight end split build, like like playing different lanes and shit. And yeah. I was like, well, this is gonna change. This is gonna be the new meta. Do you, my, my do you like the hero RB? My only argument for Andrews is that he's the only receiver in Baltimore and uh, tight ends are as thin as they've ever been this year. Uh, so yep. honestly, There's a huge drop off after the top three. Yeah. Like, I, I could see, I could see taking Andrews at the end of the second, middle of the second. Yep. No early second. No way. Uh, I think there's a good chance. He's the number one tight end in fantasy this year though. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you. especially if you're close to one of the turns, you want to take him end of the second and then get a, get some, get a good player coming back on the third. I yeah, because I mean, you I got, you got okay Pitts there. and you got Kelsey. Um, who knows? What, I mean, we've seen how Kelsey produces without Tyreek, and it's not pretty. Um, and then Kyle Pitts with Mariota. I mean, Mariota does feed his tight ends, but like you're still relying on Mariota. Like, right. I definitely think he has. I mean, because if you're drafting at 19, um, you probably had a top three pick potentially. Um, so, I mean, if you can somehow walk away with like Dalvin Cook and Andrews, you're feeling really, really good about your draft. Like, right. Really good. I, I do think Rashad Bateman is interesting to talk about. Wide receiver 27, uh, 61 overall. I think that's too high. Way too um, high. I wouldn't want to take him there. But if you can get him, you know, closer to, you know, 80 or 90 in that range, I, I do like him a lot. I think that as, you know, essentially the second uh, option in the passing game, that that's pretty good value because he, if you actually look at what he did last year when he was on the field, um, he was really productive. Uh, nobody's ever won a fantasy league with a Baltimore receiver. <laughs> Ever, and it's certainly not happening this year. I'm telling you, it's uh, they, yeah. they're they're getting back to the roots. Lamar Jackson's going to have like 1,300 yards rushing. I, I I do expect like a vintage Ravens attack. So I took the over. Uh, Marcus, you you took the you took the under, right? Yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking the under. And then uh, Brandon, uh, Derek, and Newman. I'm on the over. Derek, I'm on the over as well. And I think uh, I think my favorite play from fantasy is Mike Davis. Just wait for everything else to fall down to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you got Newman. Uh, Drew was just talking about uh, Gus Edwards as a handcuff, but yeah, Mike Davis and Justice Hill. No, could I'm, both, I'm, both I'm, be I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna beat it to the to the punch. I'm gonna go where this thing is gonna, you know, I'll meet it at the opportunity. I'm gonna go Mike Davis and just wait for his turn. Yeah, I mean, he's free, but you're gonna probably gonna stash him on your bench for I don't know who, how long if he ever gets the opportunity. Mike Davis is he might be the most unremarkable player I've ever seen in NFL history who continues to get chances. I think he he's averaged really like three yards a carry last year. Uh, Dude, for, uh, two years ago with the Panthers, when he was spelling McCaffrey and just putting up ridiculous fantasy numbers, yeah. what nobody was seeing is that he was rushing for like 3.3 yards of carry. He's yeah. fucking bad. He's, he's not, not good. He's 5'9", 220. I dare you to tell him now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's terrible. All right. So, it, But anybody else have him win in the division? I think I'm the only one, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, and, and, and signal out if it, did anyone have the uh, uh, the Browns win the division? I'm just joking. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> all right, let's move to the Bengals, uh, dude. My question for the Bengals: so they, they're uh, over under right now for Vegas is ten wins. The big question for the Bengals, who we talked about it, la- uh, I think it was last week with the Titans, is yes, they went to the Super Bowl on paper, very very average team. Uh, maybe the most average team DVOA wise to ever make the Super Bowl. Like we were talking about how average the Titans were the Bengals up until that final stretch. And they're just a great example, kind of like the Giants when they won their last two Super Bowls. They just got hot at the exact right time. But my question for you is, because we've had it a lot with the group chat, are they better or are they worse than 2021? I mean, so they lose Larry Ogunjobi, they they lose CJ Uzoma, Riley Reef, Trey Hopkins, and Trey Waynes, but they add Alex Karras, uh, Hayden Hurst, Alex Kappa, Lyle Collins, Dax Hill. Um, I think that this offensive line significantly improved, and we've been talking about it for a while as being the weakness of this team. Um, so that's an advantage. Joe Mixon's still there. He's really good. Uh, their wide receiver cores, maybe one of the best wide receiver cores in, in the in the in the league. Um, and then Joe Burrow is 
obviously that dude, right? He carries a team that probably shouldn't go to the Super Bowl, to the Super Bowl in only year two. Um, this is, the, you know, two years after leading a team to a national championship as one of the greatest seasons that we've ever seen in terms of college football history. Um, yeah, I mean, I... I think that this team, Brandon has been pushing the regression line super hard, but I honestly, I think they're a better team. Defense still sucks. I think that I think they're a better team, but I don't think they'll. I think they so overachieved their the the roster last year that they'll meet in the middle. I think they are better than they were last year, but I don't think the result will be as good as it was last year. Yeah, and um, th- th- there's an easy reason to like figure out why they were last in the division in 2020 it was such it was such an outlier like yeah. they overperformed their 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 even like what they did on the field the the results outperformed that so much to such a degree that uh, i think they meet in the middle i think they're better i think they still probably win the division um you, know, you talk about what is this team better or not anytime you have a, an elite quarterback or, or a guy who's on the fringe of being elite have another year of experience in the nfl your team's better so I, I think Cincinnati's a lot better of a team. I think Jamar Chase is going to be a better pro this year. Uh, it's a great wide receiver room. I mean, they got, you know, Stanley Morgan, Mike Thomas, guys will probably won't touch the field very much who could play in a lot of uh, locker rooms. Yeah, I think they're going to be better, but I, I think the result comes back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, I think Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, I think their numbers are all worse this year just because, again, I mean, if you look at their air yardage success rate, if you look at a lot of those things, I mean, that's really, really hard to duplicate. Um, But I do think Joe Mixon ends up having a better season for the offensive line situation that that Newman, like, laid out really, really well. So I do think somehow Joe Mixon is going to have a better season than last year. Um, simply because of that offensive line. Um, and I also think, again, I think uh, they're going to kind of understand like how they're going to have to win games because they're not going to get constant 80-yard bombs. Like That just doesn't happen um, at the success rate it did. Uh, I'm Again, I think there's tons of question marks on, on their defense. Um, what's going to happen with the whole Jesse Bates situation? Eli Apple, uh, I'm pretty sure still exists. And if your team is starting Eli Apple, that is super bad for you. Um, so, yeah. and, and they bring in you bring in a few new faces. You who knows how that defensive line is is gonna gonna hold up with uh, with a couple new pieces. Um, so again, I think there's question marks kind of all over this, and I do think. As much as the Super Bowl hangover has been kind of debunked, I, I do think there's a little bit of I, I'm still clinging on to that. And again, the success, uh, the the regression, like Derek said. So I have these, I have them going nine and eight. Um, I also have the Ravens going nine and eight. Um, so you know, I think it's going to be the typical AFC North. Like everyone's going to be battling at the end of the year. Um, I'm right there. And if you, you look at the end of their that. schedule, they play the Bucks. On the road, look, look, the look, at, their, look at their on the road, eight, their Bills last eight games. and Ravens. Yeah, it, it, it's not it's not an easy schedule down the stretch. I think that they do a lot of their work early in the season. Um, I, I do. I agree with you that this, this defense definitely has question marks. I particularly cited linebacker and corner as potential issue spots for them. I do think that they're good at safety. I expect Jesse Bates to play. Um, in general, I, their defense coordinator did an excellent job last year, and I think that that's something that we have to give them a little bit of credit here for. Um, but ultimately, I think that you know we we talk, we all talked about uh, you know there was a lot of talk about Justin Jefferson regressing last year. 
I think that Jamar Chase is is not going to regress, just like Justin Jefferson did not regress. I think there's plenty of upside for him there. Um, And then in general, this wide receiver core is absolutely loaded still. So I I expect the quarterback and the offense to take up some of the slack that they have there. I actually have them as a ten at at ten games, uh, ten wins, which puts them on the push. I'm going to lean over, um, but I do have them as my division winner, and I also had the Ravens at 10 games, so yeah, v- I have them as a tie. But Vegas thinks they're sneaky with this 10-win thing. It's, it's, it's not fooling me. I'm, I'm not touching the Ravens or the, the Bengals this year uh, for any bet because that 10 wins is just too convenient. It's what they had last year. Um, I do think they get a lot better, but, but with their schedule. By the way, though, uh, guys like Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, this, this master class of quarterbacks that are just fucking gamers – when their schedule gets harder, I, I worry about it much less. And Joe Burrow, just something clicked for this guy last year around week 14. He was really good even up to that point, but just something just went into overdrive and it carried into the playoffs. This guy's a special player. I've been talking about it since he was in college. A lot of people were trying to, to, to down his, his ceiling. A couple of people on this podcast. Uh, I've been constantly saying that this guy's going to be elite. He's going to be the next big thing. He sure is. I think he takes another step forward. My biggest worry with the Bengals, the reason I'm not betting on him, I don't think Joe Burrow is capable of not playing like a fucking maniac. <laughs> and it's straight up, con- it's it's so concerning. If you watch these some of these hits he takes, I mean, he he ended up what tearing his MCL uh, in in the uh, in the Super Bowl. Um, he's got a fucking uh, gets his what his appendix just taken out. Like, yeah, he had. A pe- I mean, obviously that, that has nothing to do with anything, but it's just like. He seems like one of these guys that he's just prone to injury, and he, it worries me. And obviously, without Joe Burrow, this team is nothing. Like they're definitely not a playoff team. I think the defense is average. I think it's a ten-win team, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not touching the over or the under. Um, I, I could see them making the playoffs, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they narrowly missed. Uh, in terms of Jamar Chase, um, gosh, can, can can the guy regress? I don't. I really don't think he can. He's so fucking good. His drop rate from but last look at year. His percentage of passes that were that were the air yard success. I mean, that just doesn't happen. Like, I mean, it the the type of passes he did it on are very low percentage plays, and it just happened over and over well, and over again. I'm not denying that's the what, talent. That's what the defenses just, gave them, well, and now they'll throw what the defense gives. Well, them. and also look at his look at his college stats. They, his his yards per reception, everything pretty much mirrors exactly what he did in college. Yep, and he's got the same quarterback. Um, they're literally just running the same system that they did in college with Jamar Chase, and his drop rate is unsustainable. He had he had the highest drop rate in the le- in the league last year. I don't think his hands are actually that bad. Maybe there was something to the football thing that everyone was worried about at the beginning of the season last year. Uh, but I I truly think that he is only going to get better. And even if he doesn't, if he just stays the same, he's still an elite guy. Yeah. So so you guys ready to talk some fantasy, or did do we did everyone give their picks? I think you, you guys all the three. Yeah, Marcus, Brandon, Any, and anyone have him win the have division? I, I do. You, so you have him win the division. Yeah, I, I do as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it, it's interesting. Uh, the, the Joe Mixon take. I, I I I always hope that Joe Mixon gets hurt every year, just so I can say Samaji P Ryan. <laughs> um, but yeah, from from a fantasy perspective, let's talk about it. I am so high in Jamar Chase this year. Um, he, my wide receiver board is pretty different than other people. I have Cooper Cup actually as my fourth receiver this year. I'm um, going Jefferson, number one, Jamar Chase, number two. 
Uh, I think so highly Jamar Chase. If you take Jamar Chase in the top five in a league, I'm not even going to bat an eye at you. That's that's how much I think about this guy. Yeah, so he's currently going wide receiver three, 12 overall. So that's back end of the first. Um, I mean, it, he could go anywhere in the first. I think you're right on that, it, it, particularly depending on what your format of your league is. Um, if he falls into the second round and you have him, that is your, yeah, that's, that's a lot of uh, profit for you there. For, for me, with like fantasy-wise, Joe Mixon's really the only guy that, uh, like, for where they're getting drafted. So he's what, eight, uh, ADT, ADP 10. Yep. He's the only one I think is a stretch on him. Everybody else, I'd, I'd be happy to take any of them at those positions. God, just Joe, Joe Mixon was such a beast last year, and his his, his line just yeah. improves. I, I don't know. I, I like Joe Mixon. I don't think he's our, I think he's, yeah, he's, I think he's got a potential top five RB. Uh, five uh, running back he, in, in, he's, in the whole year. He's in a, a weird, like the, the rare, especially in today's NFL situation where he's the bell cow, he's a three down back, and there's not a single fucking person breathing down his neck. Yeah, You're all. not on the Chris Evans train. Uh, that's the wrong Chris Evans. It was Captain America, sure. <laughs> but like fucking like him and Samjay Pirine, get the fuck out of here. Agreed. Yeah, it's tough for me. No it makes his uh, only person so I don't touch at that number. Hypothetically, though, if you could exchange a fourth-round draft pick for Jamar Chase, would you do it? <laughs> <laughs> Always trying to work your fantasy in there, huh, Derek? Ask, asking for a me. It's so, so, it's so easy. You really think Joe Mixon's ADP 10? You think he's lower than 10, Marcus? I'm, I take not, him at not by probably, much. I, I would probably reach at six or seven for him not not probably much probably seven it's just not by much if it comes down to that i'm taking jamar chase in a heartbeat at nine um i'm sure sure there's Mm -hmm. a scenario but for me that's that's and it's not that big of a reach are you taking swift over mixon am i taking swift over mixon yeah ppr probably and it it could just be unbiased uh because remember also joe mixon's had his fair share of like um injury riddled seasons um one Honestly, I can't. I can't blame you for either, either of those takes. And with DeAndre Swift, like you know, he gets to go home to Dan Campbell every night. So, um, yeah, I think I probably do take Swift too, just because. I mean, no. if you're thinking about, I, you don't. You want to win championships. You want to win, you know, big games. If DeAndre Swift's healthy in Week 15, you have a chance to win a championship based off that performance. Where Joe Mixon, I think he has a ceiling on a week to week basis. I think he's gonna be ultra, ultra. Consistent. I think he's going to score probably 15 to 18 points every single week. But mm. I just don't, with, with the amount of firepower they have at the wide receiver position, I think Joe Mixon has a pretty hard ceiling. So here's where this board gets really, really hard for me. Um, I've now done three mock drafts. Um, and I'll, as you guys know, I don't like to reveal. Today? No, <laughs> no. It's just so far this season, I've done three mock drafts. <laughs> and a guy that really, really, especially where I'm drafting um, in one of my leagues, is a very hard thing for me to wrap my head around is T Higgins. Because here's the thing about T Higgins. Do I like T Higgins? Yeah, I, I like him in, in in a vacuum. Not really. Like when Joe Burrow's playing, like, yes, I love T Higgins because I love anyone Joe Burrow's throwing the football to. I just don't like think he's all that talented. And I think he maybe is a little bit too high this year. Uh, he's currently ranked at 32 ADP. Wide receiver 12. So according to that, he is a wide receiver one in the majority of leagues. If he's my wide receiver one, I am fucking nervous about that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I wouldn't be super. I don't think you can put Higgins and Boyd side by side and say, yes, this one is 90 spots better. I agree. That's the thing, dude. I agree. That's the thing. I love Tyler Boyd. 
I mean, I, I he always tears up the Steelers. I think he tears up the Steelers every. I think that's, Higgins that's is that's definitively better. But just like Derek said, man, if, if you want if you want a guy in that offense for much better value, definitely go Tyler Boyd way later in the draft. Way later in the draft, you get him for like a wide receiver five. What, what about Joe Burrow? I fucking love him. Quar- quarterback seven, 76 overall. I want him to be my friend. <laughs> I, yeah, but what do you think about thing, his This is fantasy. the opposite of what we were talking about with Lamar. Like, I think QB, I think Lamar, QB4, awesome. Is he top five? Yep, I think he is. Is What's his ceiling, though? His ceiling is QB4. I think Joe Burrow's ceiling is QB1. Yes. He I could agree. go out and light Wait, it oh, up, oh, oh, and oh. he could be the highest scoring quarterback this L- year. Lamar Jackson has been QB1 multiple times, so I don't know. I, how, I think how those is this- years... I, I just don't think he, he can. I don't think he's going to be. Those years are over. Game. You can say that. I'll yeah, finish your yeah, sentence. Yeah, those I, years I, I don't, are I, over. I think for Lamar being QB1 playing 14, 13 games is going to. I don't think it's going to happen. Those years went away when Marshall, uh, Marshall Yonda retired. End of, end of story. <laughs> Lamar, like Lamar Jackson at the very, very tender age of 25, his, his career's over. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> gotta, gotta love Steelers' bias. <laughs> No, I I, no, I, I, like, I I think I think Joe Burrow probably is going to be a top five quarterback. I, I do. I I mean, ninety six ADP. I mean, heck yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that's 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 pretty juicy. Um, just, so that's, I mean, I, we make that point too. We go back to. I mean, I think bringing Lamar is good. They're only removed from each other three places from a quarterback standpoint. True, but you can get him a full forty five picks later. Yep. I've got him at 76 overall, so that's 25 picks. Okay. So we, uh, two and we have, I have him at I have him at 96. So uh, still QB seven ADP of ninety-six. I don't know if that if it's the difference between standard and, and BPR and if that's what makes that I mean, change that much. Seeing Joe Burrow's even, even 30 picks. Seeing Joe Burrow's ADP just reinforces my point. Just wait on quarterback. I yep. mean, if, if you can get a guy exactly. like Joe Burrow at ninety-six, I mean, geez, you, you certainly should not be reaching for Lamar at fifty. And someone else. I read an article today that was that I think it was a little bit in joke, but they're like, if you draft quarterback first, you have no like if you're the first person in your league to draft quarterback, you will not win. Like you like so statistics, that, per, that person will not win their fantasy league if they you're they the usually first make the playoffs though weirdly enough. <laughs> so, but so yeah, as I say, if if you take two if you take two quarterbacks in the first eight yeah. rounds, you make the playoffs apparently. Yeah, <laughs> like our boy Kevin. So statistically, the the quarterbacks um, like over the last like thirty years or whatever, there's only two instances where a quarterback has repeated as QB one. Uh, one of them was Josh Allen last year, and the and the prior one was Aaron Rodgers back in like uh, like one of his third year or something like that. Right. All right. So let's move on uh, to the Steelers, baby. Here we go, Steelers. Had, had Here we go. Had to save the best for last just so we didn't blow our gasket. But uh, Steelers, Vegas projection at seven wins. Um, wow. That's 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 rough. Uh, let's talk about the Steelers. Uh, Yinzers, you want to lead us off? Go ahead, Marcus. This is an easy over. Even if you're just playing it based on history, the last time the Steelers were under 500 was when they went pre Mike Tomlin. The last year was right before they drafted Ben, and they went 15 and one. Um, for whatever you want to say about the offense, uh, they they did make some some moves to kind of help solidify, just get it a little bit better. Um, I still I still like having Mitch out there, a little more a little more mobile, a little bit older, not as wise. Probably still loves titties like we all do, but. 
He loves kissing titties for sure. But the the Steelers' defense is going to be the best in the league this year. Um, I love everything that they did over there. They do have a couple other um, unknown pieces, like between Marcus Allen and Carl Joseph, that can slide down and make it uh, like a hybrid nickel-dime. Those guys can hit. Those guys both have played linebacker and safety. But the biggest... Obviously, Miles Jack, we can we can fondle his balls all day. But uh, Tyson Alualu coming back, he missed all of last season. He's been a big piece up front with Cam Hayward. Uh, I love everything about this defense. They're, they're going to be some ugly, low-scoring games, but it's going to get back to some of the uh, Steelers football that I grew up loving and watching and loving. Um, might might shy, have to shy away from them on a fantasy end, but I love them, uh, love them as a football team. Yeah, you absolutely don't want to touch anyone here in fantasy unless you can somehow grab George Pickens in like the early teen rounds in a, in a keeper draft because I think he is someone that uh, is going to exceed expectations. But yeah, I mean, uh, Marcus brought up Tyson Alualu. Um, enter uh, Larry Ogunjobi, um, which uh, has quite the uh, crux to uh, to play against Cincinnati, just like Mike Hilton did against Pittsburgh. Um, I mean, really, it's just the corners. Um, where you have to be concerned, and they've been starters in other places, right? Levi Wallace for Buffalo was okay. Witherspoon for the Seattle was okay. Um, everywhere else, again, I'm not as down on um, the safety position, but, I mean, you have Carl Joseph that uh, Marcus just brought about. Then you also have Kazee from Dallas, who used to be a starter. Um, so you got a ton of experience on that defense. It's going to be the best uh, front seven in the entire league. Um, you do have to score points, um, but look at the offense last year. It was the 31st ranked offense, and they made the playoffs. Even if they're marginally better, even if they're the 25th best offense, the 27th best offense, they're returning a better defense. So you can't tell me that a win total at seven is a three game. This team isn't a three games worse than they were last year. They have a better defense, they'll have a slightly better offense. I, I have them at nine um, in a three-way tie in the AFC North. I don't know how the AFC North is going to play out, but I have all I have the Ravens, I have the Bengals, and I have the Steelers all at nine and eight in a typical AFC North just slaughterhouse. It's going to be beautiful. I Yeah, I mean, seven wins. Just, I like Marcus's point. Historically, you got to bet the over on that. Um, but here, here's the thing. I will support you guys 100%. You guys have heard me say it, and I hate, I hate saying it in front of you guys because I, I just hate inflating your sales at all. But this is the best defense in the NFL on paper. Um, you guys also inherit a fucking defensive mastermind, just absolute steal in, uh, in, in Brian Flores. I don't even know how the fuck. I mean, this is like when you guys talk shit about Mike Tomlin, I always look at moves like this. How the fuck do you, do you guys come up with a guy like Flores as a coordinator? It's because people like this want to coach under guys like Tomlin. That's why. That's the mystique of Tomlin is he's just a guy that everyone wants to play under. This defense is fucking insane. If you look at the pedigree of these guys, it's almost an entire defense built up of first-rounders. And, of course, only the Steelers. Only the Steelers could have this defense on paper and then be rumored to be in on fucking Roquan Smith. Like, that. only the Steelers could be like, yeah, we got this perfect defense. Let's add another piece. It is insane. However, this offense is not better. I do not agree with that. Uh, the quarterback situation in camp is 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 absolutely terrifying. What we're seeing, we are seeing, you know, the, that, that meme with, with the dragons, and there's, like, the one confident <laughs> dragon. that This is the 
three of those just dumb dragons just just <laughs> battling it out. And whoever rises to the top of this shitstorm, I do love Kenny Pickett, by the way. You guys know I love Kenny Pickett. He's still a rookie, and I don't know if he's going to be the guy this year. If Mitch Trubisky is your starter, I've seen this guy play. I very much am worried for you guys because I think you guys have the worst offensive line in the league. I, 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 I'm pretty certain you have the worst offensive line in the league, if not just purely by pedigree. You guys have Mason Cole as your center. Guy's not good. He's, he's actually terrible. People are going to be bull rushing you up the center. The Ravens, oh my God, they're, they're going to run through this offensive line Glace like Swiss Campbell. cheese. It is a serious problem, this offensive line. This, this offense is going to be hard to watch. And for Deontay Johnson... Good thing that guy went out and got that bag because it's going to be hard to put up numbers in this offense with these quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. and I think Deontay, too. This is a guy who, like, gets banged up, misses a series. Gets banged up, misses a quarter. Yep. He's got that bag now. He's going to get banged up and not play again in the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like yeah. that's, I, just, I think that's the future you have in front of you with him. This offense is terrible. If Mason Rudolph is your best quarterback in camp, you don't have a quarterback. Um, <laughs> it's it's just bad, dude. But the defense is great. It's, it's going to be so a lot of good. ugly games. I still like him over seven wins. I think seven wins is fucking dumb. Yes. I still like him in the eight or nine range. I don't think they win the division. I think Cincinnati gets to 10 or 11. Uh, but I, I think they're going to play really good smash mouth football. Uh, Gunnar Oshevsky, beast. He's such a good kicker turner. So you're going to get some plus yards there. Uh, but Eric uh, Watt and Gunner are going to be the best coverage team in the league. <laughs> yep. But the, but the O-line absolute trash yeah. quarterback, absolute trash, really hard to win the NFL that way. Why are you guys paying Derek Watt so much, by the way? <laughs> just because we tried paying, to get JJ just, didn't work out. No, Derek, Derek, Watt, like just because you're paying your fucking like the best edge rusher in the league that much money, you don't also have to pay his shitty younger brother <laughs> that, that, that was that was part of the package. i think the hope was if you can land two of them you might get the third one <laughs> it was it's an unwritten part I heard of it was contract. buy two get one free but then it never actually came in the mail um i mean so i, I think that the biggest issue for this team out you know like we've talked about it it's certainly their offense they lose james washington ray ray ray, ray mcleod uh, Juju and uh, Eric Ebron, so that's a lot of the pass, you know, targets and Those receptions that they had. Uh, say what you will about him, but I mean, it's not like you—it's not like you have depth, right? So Deontay, also, who's injury Juju's prone, getting, like rave reviews coming out of Kansas City's camp. By the way, they say he looks amazing. Yeah, Juju. Um, Juju's getting they, like yeah. he's, they say he's lighting up Kansas yeah. City's camp. Yeah, when he's not the number one, he's he's a good receiver. Absolutely. So you also lose Stefan Tuitt, and uh, you replace Schobert with his buddy from Miles My- Jack. Oh, from time out, time out, time out. We didn't lose Tuitt. He hasn't played in five years. He's he's a nutcase, and so don't <laughs> he act didn't play like it all last year. How can you lose a guy that you didn't have? He hasn't played in two years. He, he officially retired. Um, anyway, uh, I agree with you. I think this defense is pretty good. I think you nailed it, Brandon, when you said that corner is question mark. The guys that you have are average. Um, I don't think that matters that much because typically what's going to happen is because the rest of the defense is as good as it is, those guys will play up, uh, especially when you don't have to cover very long. That makes all, everyone look a little bit better. Um, but that is still where you can get hurt, right? So playing in a division where you have elite wide receivers and elite quarterback talent, if the pass rush doesn't get home, that's when you might be, you know. Talking about Rashad Bateman and Amari Cooper, no. like you can just say against the Bengals, I'm not worried about Rashad Bateman and Amari Cooper. 
I mean, you still <laughs> sure. got to play 11 other games. Yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, yeah. So, I I mean, in general, I, th- I agree. I think this team does win more than seven games because that's an insanely low number. Um, but Warren Sharp does have this as a fourth hardest schedule. Their extra <laughs> game is the Seahawks, which is very, very, very winnable. Um, but I have, them, I have them right there with you, Brandon, at nine wins. Um, I just don't think, think that's good enough to win this division. Yeah, it's... Uh, Dude, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, this is the best defense in the NFL. Uh, the only defense really comparable is Buffalo. Um, I, I'm not sure I've seen a team like this in quite some time. I, I really do think they're so heavily weighted on defense. It's so hard. I'm. It's convenient the seven wins because I can just say over. I'm. I'm I don't even want to call out a win total because because I'm gonna look like an idiot if I do. Let's call it. I, I, no, I'm let's, not gonna let's, do it. let's call it twelve. Say nine. I just, I just love say like, nine. Uh, I just love that we're all like, oh man, we haven't seen, we don't see a team like this that's so heavily weighted one side, and it's like literally like in the same fucking division. The Ravens are <laughs> the same exact yeah. play. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, but but you know Pittsburgh has for has had Lamar's number, and I'm honestly I'm looking at this schedule that they can make a serious run out there, like even at that Cincy game right after it, a lot of winnable games down the stretch. Man, you got you guys got Anthony Miller too. Just stacking wide receivers, hoping that it makes your quarterback better. I, li- I like it. It's interesting, but it's not going to pan out. So you, I assume both the Yinzers have the Steelers winning the division, correct? Correct on my end. Brandon. Yeah, it's going to be a weird. It's going to be a weird uh, tiebreaker. Brandon yeah, has, a, has a has a three way bet. That way he can be well, right. So <laughs> I, I am I am with Brandon at the end there. I do think it's going to come down to the wire, um, and obviously assuming that Deshaun's not going to be a playing this season two super Bowl, super winnable games at the very end against you know, Baltimore and Cleveland and then Baltimore playing since in that final week those last last three weeks are going to be a, a nail-biting race in the north yep it always is man it always is in the AFC north like when I can't even think of the last time an AFC north team just like ran away with the division I mean if you told me that this is the best division in football I would have to disagree with you but I think you might have a case there, straight up. Like with, just, with Watson, with Watson in a whole season, it yeah, is. I, I I agree because I think the Raiders suck, and a lot of other people don't. But I I think it's AFC West and the AFC North close tie. Um, but yeah, I I I I'd still go West over. But I, I, I there's definitely an argument to be made there. This division's stacked, absolutely stacked. From a uh, from a fantasy perspective, we got Mister Najee Harris, ADP uh, seven, running back five. Um, a guy who scored a ridiculous amount of fantasy points last year, but for all intents and purposes, was not an efficient runner at all. Less than four yards of carry. That four yards of carry, it is a it is a very important mark. But if you look at the way that they just ran Najee, I mean, his his usage was just absolutely insane. So from a fantasy perspective, the guy is what he is. Like I I could I could see you taking him over Derrick Henry. Um, honestly, like with, with this guy's usage and the fact that he had 70 plus catches last year in a PPR format, this guy's a stud. I mean, if, if you took him right after, uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, like I, I would not fault you at all for it because his usage is going to remain the same and he has absolutely no competition at the position. Yeah. I, I don't expect him to have doesn't play catches. the way Ben does. I mean, that that's, that's pretty important. I mean, did, you know, how did David Montgomery do with Mitch Trubisky? The running back has never really done amazing with Mitch. Mitch forces the ball downfield more than checks down, um, as much as I don't like to say that, um, knowing Mitch is going to start all the games this year. 
Um, Mitch isn't a check down guy. He's either going to scramble or he's going to chuck it downfield as far as he can. Um, I think Najee regresses on catches. I think he stays about the same in, in yards per game. I do think Najee just kind of has a ceiling. I, you know, I do think he probably falls somewhere in that four to seven range. Um, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if, you know, if he fell outside of the top five this year, I just don't think he has a very high ceiling. Um, I think he has a high floor just because of volume. You, you guys all know that I'm a big volume guy. Um, but again, I mean, if, if like Derek said, if you want to win your league, I'm not sure you take Najee at his ADP. I just don't think so. Kurt, I hope you're listening. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting. Um, <laughs> the whole the whole thing about Mitch Trubisky affecting his value, I, I couldn't disagree more. I think that uh, he is going to be... I think anyone's better than Ben Roethlisberger was last year. I think Najee Harris will definitely... I, or I cannot see a regression in the books, and he was just ridiculous last year. I think Najee is a safe bet wherever you get him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's safe. He's not going to win you any leagues. <laughs> Go get someone that will. This is a long play. I admire it. All right, so Deontay Johnson at 41 ADP, uh, wide receiver 15. Um, I'm not fucking touching him there. No, no fucking chance. No, nope. my touching uh, Deontay Johnson where he's currently being drafted at. No way. Yeah. Anybody, uh, anyone else? I mean, is anyone high on him this year? No. Great, I'm, I'm, great year last year. I, I'm, I'm never high on him, but he, he talked about the ball being force fed to him. Uh, my, my biggest problem is just the easy drops. Like, it's not even just about the amount. It's just so many, like, drive killers on wide-open slants and drags. And, like, and so I just can't I can't take him on It makes the easy hard and the hard easy, and that's a hard that's a hard guy to trust. And the, the big problem drinking is... Drinking Gatorade without his helmet, and, you know, it's going to be hard <laughs> to produce that way. You, you just got to remember that Ben Roethlisberger, for all of his flaws, even in his later years, he was the great feeder of wide receivers. How many guys did that guy just spin the ball to and, and have all pro seasons with that would just go to Miami and just suck balls the next year? He is the great feeder, and so I'm super weary of any guy that goes from Ben Roethlisberger to somebody else the following year. I'm not touching Deontay Johnson. You guys know what I what I, what I think about uh, Claypool. Uh, I hate to tell you this, but Trubisky is not the great feeder. These wide receivers are going to regress considerably. Yeah, I think that's why they invested so heavily in the offseason in getting wide receivers. They add Miles Boykin. They add Anthony Miller. They draft two of them. They know, like, Mitch is going to throw to whatever wide receiver is closest. Right. Right. Like, he's going he's gonna to freak out and just throw. So, they, they need <laughs> four or five wide receivers um, just, you know, because. And I think they do have an extremely deep, as much as I don't like Chase Claypool for stuff on and off the field. Um you know, I think they should make a package for Roquan Smith that includes Devin Bush and, and George or uh, Chase Claypool, but for a different time. Um, yeah, I love I love fan trade yeah. uh, proposals. It's like, hmm, what can we get a generational linebacker for? <laughs> all the scraps we don't want. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, take all our garbage. My favorite guy to propose hypotheticals is always Newman. <laughs> He's always like, yeah, but put it this way. You got to see it from my perspective. So anyway, uh, yeah, I think that, that actually trading uh, Chase Claypool and Devin Bush to the ba- the Bears would be a win for the Bears. Um, if Roquan doesn't want to be there, you trade him away and you get those assets. Like, I, I would take that all day. Um, but anyway. Thank you, Newman. Uh, Roquan Smith is one of the best linebackers in the league. There's no chance he'd take that deal. But if you're the Bears and he doesn't want to play for you, 
I get he a, does. I get a they, draft pick and an asset. He literally or multiple want, assets. He literally wants to pay for it, play for them. They they just won't they won't pay him. That's what. Yeah. Why why should a team that's t- that's basically tanking and going to be losing games pay for a player that's not at a premium position um, and isn't going to help them the next time he is? He he'll, be, got, he'll be past his prime by that point. He still has like five premium years left. But we're not we're not talking about. Oh, the we're, Bears. Talking, we're talking about the Bears. I thought we we're talking about the Steelers. Yeah, we are. Watts contract. We are. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the Steelers can't afford Roquan Smith. It doesn't even make sense. Um, but yeah, one guy that is super intriguing uh, for fantasy perspectives is Mr. Muth, I, the tight end. I, I love him. Uh, and you know who didn't Mitt, you hate that draft pick? <laughs> no, no, not in the second. No, yeah, didn't me, baby Gronk. I, I thought, you can get baby Gronk in the hundred and twelfth ADP. That is, I, I'm, I'm tired of the baby Gronk Gronk nickname. I don't know how many guys I've heard it talked about. <laughs> like, stop it! Not everyone is baby Gronk. In fact, no one is actually baby Gronk. So let's just True. drop that nickname. It's awful. Yeah. yeah so it, it, it wasn't necessarily the pick because going into last season uh, or the previous college season, Farmuth actually had first like mid first round grades, like top ten, top fifteen pick. So I wasn't upset at it. Did I? think that there were other players that they could have got Marcus there. Marcus and I Absolutely. wanted Creed Humphrey, if I remember. Yeah, Creed, <laughs> Creed Humphrey is exactly who I wanted in the second. So that, and, that's where and my... And it probably would have been a better pick. It, yeah, de- it, it definitely would have been. Um, so, And that was more of a need, but I, it's not that I hate the guy, but there's better options. Okay, all right. Um, I, I love, love how tight ends become like a, fuck, like a folk hero in Pittsburgh. Like, <laughs> fan favorite, no matter what. No, if you play you, tight end in Pittsburgh, you know you're who's a, a folk. Legend. You know who's a folk hero right now in Pittsburgh? Mr. George Pickens. I, I'm in so many Pittsburgh groups. Dude, people are obsessed with this guy. Like, yeah. I do think he was a really good value pick. Thousand but percent. He, he was a really good value pick. He's still a rookie. Like, like fantasy-wise, he's a great, like, end of the – you know, end of the draft guy to scoop, but I mean, this is—it's not—it's not a guy that's gonna. I have do him that at this year. wide receiver seventy-two, one hundred and eighty-two overall. I think he needs an injury in order to really be impactful. But Deontay. that's that's certainly or possible with Deontay, absolutely, <laughs> or an injury and a trade. Um, yeah. But yeah, an injury and a trade would definitely get him in the lineup. I still think at some point he struggles a little bit. He struggled to stay on the field at Georgia. That was one of his biggest problems. He's a super talented player, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the thing. I, I actually like Claypool here um, a lot in this offense. Wide receiver 46, 109 overall. Um, I think that they've been I, – I heard that they've been moving him inside the slot. Um, I think that that's a better place for him to get get targets, and I just like that value for him. Yeah, for sure. All right, fellas, any closing thoughts? Nope, got got one part of the piece done. I can't wait. I'm so excited to get the rest of it done and keep adding on and get go see some Steelers games this year. It's still, you still I, can't, I can't hear I can't hear George Pickens I think at T Boone Pickens. I hate it. <laughs> you still like like the most obscure person I know. You guys are truly a credit to your race. I got I gotta admit, like in terms of stereotypes, there's no group of people that fulfill their stereotypes better than Yinzers. You guys just always Doing our part, baby. You guys Doing just our part. always fucking bring it. I I, I I hate you guys, but I kind of admire you guys a little bit. The consistency <laughs> is wild. Anyone they else? Do it in all sports. Sucks. They do it in all sports. They, they absolutely despise their baseball team and their ownership. Yep. But anytime there's a, a, a poll about the best baseball stadiums, Yinzer's in the comments. Fantasy <laughs> Park's one of the best parts in the league. My, my favorite Brandon comment uh, in a long time is, get out of my town. Get out of my town. A town he's like never lived in. <laughs> Time. Get it right. <laughs> Time. Time. Newman? 
I mean, I'm just excited that, you know, we're getting real preseason games, like not not the Hall of Fame game, like it's coming up this weekend. So we'll be we'll be studying and you can come here for for all your discourse. Yeah. And, and we are going to be talking tons of fantasy this year. I, I, I think about this moment so much recently. Um, those moments right before the fantasy draft when you got the butterflies and I'm not talking about a fantasy draft where you're sitting at home alone, you ordered pizza and you got no friends around you. I'm talking about the fantasy drafts that we do every year where you have 10 other guys in your league sitting around you. Everyone's John at each other, screaming out fucking takes. I think about the serotonin that I get from that moment and I realize how unhealthy my relationship is with the game of football. The butterflies that you feel right before it, when that first clocks, when the when the first pick goes up, and then even if it's the most obvious pick in the world, the second that first pick drops, my God, dude, fantasy football, like... It, I think there's something to this pumpkin spice thing. I don't think anyone actually likes pumpkin spice. I just think the the advent of autumn is just so fucking great. No, Derek, I think you don't actually like pumpkin spice. I think that you I like fall. I tell you I like pumpkin spice and bacon spice. I think that you like fall and pumpkin football. Pumpkin spice sucks. It's the Little great... Florida, I don't know what fall is. I like pumpkin spice. No, it's psychologically tuned. I'm telling you, it's football you like. All right, buddies, we're out.